Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. We're back. We certainly are. And um, live in the studio this week, aren't we? We've got the, the lovely Gail Acaster on the show this week. Hi, hi, Gail, how are you doing? Hello. Super excited to be here, actually. Oh, it is. I'm real excited. And in the Deep. Um, very giggly. Yeah, <laughs> proper mic. And I'm just going to move that one a bit close to you, Gail. Okay. So we've got okay. it. We've got to, got, got to have a sound check, haven't we? We've got to have a sound check. <laughs> good morning, all. Good morning. Morning, Joe. Morning. How's everybody? Very good. Very good. Um, quite excited today because we're actually all back in the actual studio, aren't we? Certainly, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. So, everyone happy? Everyone good to go? We all prepped? I'm just going to call this out, though, Paul. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of a moment, wasn't we, before we started recording, about ladies um, not having headphones, wanting to wear headphones. Can, oh, we, just, can we just... Come yeah. Let us go and discuss <laughs> this. We can discuss it. I think you're um, really unfriendly towards women. We've got to think about our how we look. It's a podcast. It's not really meant to be for video, is it? We're just, we're just doing a bit of video as well, aren't we? It took me hours to do my hair. Hours to do my hair. Same to you. It's just when you put them on, it just scoops all your hair back. So we need, co- so what we say is we need cordless earphones. Yes, absolutely. Cordless is, that is that what we're going for? Yeah, that, I think man, so, that Leon. I think that's probably the way to go. So, so I think then, Gail, if you were to describe yourself, you know, if you was at a party um, and someone said, you know, what is it you do? Describe what it is you do. I've no clue. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Actually, no, no. I'm a recruiter for veterans, along with being a life coach as well. Yes, yeah, so that's in a nutshell. That's probably answers that question quite quickly there's a whole multitude of other things i do but technically class as a youtuber at the moment as a good youtube following so my daughter tells me i'm an, a youtube influencer so that's exciting nice. at my age it is brilliant nice and i think what's been interesting girl because i know you for some time is you're really passionate passionate about the work you're doing with the pat foundation yeah. and and you love that and is that where that that pivot happened because yours recruiting generally won't you yeah and then, absolutely. And then now you specialize in just in recruitment for expats is that, is that yeah absolutely and it's one of those where you go with life and it guides you in a way i was planting trees for the environment with my children and quite obviously passionate about that and it led on to the green task force being formed needing some recruitment i was at the right place the right time and got on really well with the guys and spent the past year during covid fully planting trees uh, with the veterans in the conditions are unreal it definitely put hairs on my chest it was character building to say the least but yeah it gained the respects of the troops and now I've access to the veterans and join the veteran community and find them employment you know really worthwhile love what I'm doing <laughs> yeah and putting them skills to great use in it you know and uh, as an expat I mean um, ex-veterans that's what I meant so fantastic work so I mm. think w- without further ado Joe I think we should just roll in there with question one <laughs> okay so Gail what are one to three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life yeah there's been I've read quite a lot a bit of a bookworm so I did reading I think knowledge is power however the two mostly one is susan jeffers feel the fear and do it anyway i just found that really empowering read it about seven years ago right and it i know people say the cliche oh it changed my life but it did actually make me think about how i deal with things and how i deal with day-to-day life and I was brought up in a very strict environment as a child, a very quite controlled environment, and my father had mental health issues, which kind of transpired onto us as kids, and we tried to make us scared of the world, in effect, and I grew, I obviously put the 
work into place and actually it didn't affect me as you would imagine so that book had a massive pivotal and I had a quite a big life change then so yeah massively impactful I've passed the book to loads of people it's literally probably half of all the women have probably read it to be fair it's a good one and the other one's a bit later just recently I've read The Chimp Paradox I'm quite fascinated with how the brain and mind works and people fascinate um, I was going to say the hell out of me there and <laughs> Nelly's what fascinate me uh, a lot so yeah that was really good and how your brain works and your chimp brain and everything else so I've actually named my chimp but we might move I on knew, to that I was gonna say <laughs> I know what's coming next no no we, well because we, we, did, we did try and record this previously didn't we um, yeah, we've had this conversation virtually yeah. and, and it didn't go as, as planned because technology doesn't always work does it Paul nope so what did you call <laughs> your chimp girl I called him Frank the Chimp but yes it's it's um I think you named yours didn't you Paul man's rhubarb Rhubarb, yeah. Uh, and the conversation around that, though, ed- ed- educate people on this. Well, I've got a good friend of mine who helped me coach um, rugby for years, and when he used to get quite annoyed, his face used to go red like rhubarb. <laughs> so I we, just called it that. We, we named him rhubarb, didn't we? Yeah, we named um, him rhubarb. <laughs> not to his face, though. Not um, to his no. face, no. <laughs> not to his face, John. I hope he's not listening today. Yeah, then. I was going to no, say, he listen to you, you're all doomed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... We, we was having this conversation. I call my name Eric from Banana Man, um, and it's just because um, you meant to feed your chimp bananas, like to keep it under control. So it just reminds sense. me of that. Um, have you have you got there yet, Joe? No, not yet. So it's still yeah. work in progress. No, I think, I think it's always just going to be chimp. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Just all chimp. Just all chimp. <laughs> just all chimp. <laughs> I, I've read both the books. I've read both the books that you've um, talked about, Gail, and the, wow. they had a big influence on my life and I know they've had especially the chimp paradoxes had a big influence on the guys that we with the community work that we do for the man club yeah um the chimp paradoxes had a big influence on their life as well so I Mm. I think and we we had we had a big um feel of fear night didn't we who was it who came I forget the name of the lady I will get the name but we this was when man club was you know in its early days We used to have meetups on different nights and things, different and we've still, we, yeah. we still, we still done this, haven't we? And a lady um, kindly came in and did a session, uh, a full session with us all on it, and it was incredible. It, it was, was incredible. The Feel the Fear session, it was absolutely Was amazing. it Rachel Alexander? That it was. It. That was yeah, it. Yeah. She's, um, she was the one that put me onto the book originally. Right. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Very, originally, yeah. I was, just, yeah. I was just thinking, I was thinking, what's the name? Um, yeah. 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 I, sh- I shall message you after this and say she was mentioned. Yeah, yeah she's she was incredible, and, and I think... What was really good, it was separate to Man Club, so it was just an event we put on mm. at Airco, and, and she kindly came in and just um, did a workshop, and wow. it was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great night, and it I learned lo- lots of lo- Rachel that night, and yeah. stuff that I've carried on in the future, yeah, it was good. Wow. that's so brilliant. Something that we picked up before, and as you were telling kind of the story about growing up and the control that your mm. dad had, and that kind of making you feel, coming across, he was very fearful of the world. And um, I asked before if you had any siblings and whether their life had been different and whether they'd been impacted in perhaps a different way to to you. Because you said it didn't affect you, did it, in in that way. You didn't grow up frightened of the world. In fact, you've been quite charismatic and driven. I had a very different outlook and I always felt different. So uh, whatever you want to pursue, 
perceive that as. My siblings were very affected. I have a younger sister who we lost contact over the years. She was massively affected and you know what families are like and rifts. And my older sister is, is 10 years older than me and we were like in contact all the time. And um, we helped each other through it. And even though she's older, I've ended up helping her. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think some people have a natural empathy and I think that's, I just wanted to help my dad and I saw what he he was doing wasn't right I had that inner knowing and I don't know where that's come from but yeah she's been massively and she won't mind me saying affected and has counselling to this day so it's things like she wouldn't just get in her car and drive somewhere I don't know maybe it's I left home at 19 so I was a lot younger right and faced the world and everything it threw at me there's a saying and it's actually in the questions later on so I won't spoil my life's motto but but interesting that though girl you know them two books you spoke about what was sort of one thing you took from each of them books one thing I took from each oh, there you oh go. that's tough yeah so here we go I think on the spot here so fear factor just confirms that yes instinct wise we wouldn't go to the end of a cliff and go oh I wonder what would happen do you know what I mean that survival mode but it taught me to not be scared of life and that life should be embraced and not feared and just to do things do things out of your comfort zone you know even if it's Take yourself for lunch thinking, oh, God, I can't do that. Society says... Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a risk at my age and doing something I've never done before. And it's, you've got to try things in life, I think, within reason, safety-wise, etc. And, and I've imparted that wisdom onto my two children. So it's nice to break that cycle, which I think a lot of people struggle with in adulthood chimp paradox it's to i've learned i don't know i'm a, a scorpio lady so uh as the, well i'm not a lady no, not a scorpio. Lady, I, it depends <laughs> what night it is yeah, if it's saturday night and the wife and trust me i'm cool what, what, cool what happens behind closed yeah, doors yeah, stays yeah. behind closed doors yeah. but it's we've got a fiery side and a reactive side push i think i've probably lost my temper a handful of times in life because it's it's not something you want to do but it's a case of I've learned as I've got older to be less reactive. So the chimps uh, scenario, I guess, is just stop and think and let you know your brain process what somebody's saying. If somebody's uh, aggressive toward you, just stop and think before you react. And I've learned that as I've got older, and I, it's not something I could tell my younger self because you, you just race in there. And but yeah, it's um, yeah, two great points, two great points. Thank so you. I'm going to give you the next one. So what's the, what is your sort of feel good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy? Yeah, since we spoke, mind you, I kind of changed my mind a little bit. It tends, it's whatever mood, maybe that's a woman thing, I don't know, but we tend to have different music for different. But um, this morning, uh, I was uh, saying my car's in the garage, so I was in the Green Task Force van, and I had Eye of the Tiger playing <laughs> to get me all fired up. I was like, Great yeah. song. It's um, it, it, it was. It's Monday morning, you have that bit of a lull, and so that's a fire-up song, or ACDC's Thunderstruck. That's proper. Chick. My, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I am, actually at heart but I also like a mellow music and if I'm feeling quite grateful with life you, know, you look at your kids and you think oh I've done all right there and I like Desiree's life that's Great a show. really sort of pretty song and also when I've had a bit of a I need a bit of a pick me up and a little bit of motivation I listen to D-Reams things can get better because bad times as we don't <laughs> we know we've come out of Covid haven't we they don't last so yeah absolutely that's great so sorry, that wasn't the one, was it? No, no, that was great. There was a key one on there, though, because we don't always have two layers on the show. And, and Joe, you've challenged, that's one of the main reasons you've come on this show, to 
balance it out. But there's a point there that I just want to ask, and I, and I don't know if I should ask this point, but women changing their mind, what's that about? <laughs> is, is that, is that, can we get that? I on? wouldn't possibly know, Leon. I would never have changed there. my mind. He's gone there, hasn't he? I just wanted to get on record, really, just so we can actually it's, have this. It's just to keep you men interested, you say. That's what it is. Paul, Paul get on the next question. Get, <laughs> get, next me, question. get, get me out of this. <laughs> Quickly on. <laughs> right then, Gail, what purchase of £50 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? Ah, in the last six months, because we've had COVID thing, it was a, right, rather than focus on the negative, it's got to be what's good right here, right now. So I bought a gratitude journal. Yeah, so I went to Paper Chase, I'm a bit of a stationary buff, and I just loved, I just, it's, spoke to me it just called out it was 11.99 I think I ended up buying my significant others in my life that the same one and it's three things each day first thing in the morning or last thing on a night that you're grateful for and it was really powerful in all honesty and my kids are, are doing it right now yeah because mm. I was really impressed that you'd bought your children and, you, and your son he's, mm. he's, he's engaging in that and oh, he is well he's putting yeah which is absolutely fantastic and massively is is the, the difference between the, the girls and the boys side and it is different my daughter daughter is grateful for bigger things and she's older and where's my son it's food and a roof above my head and his mum everything's his mum bless him but yeah it's nice in fact he he really made me smile on his leavers video they did a video at school because he's going to secondary in september how old is he going is he 11? he's coming up for 12, 12 in september it. yes and he everybody said oh when i grow up i want to be a footballer or my my son said i'd like for the bullying to stop in the world and that people can be happy and and, and nice to each other and he like watching it's like oh i a lot of my friends, my mum friends, were message going, "Oh my God, Ross is so cute." Yeah, so that that was quite nice. And I think um, you should really keep that book. So when he's finished with it, oh, you've totally. got to keep it. Yeah, totally. and you've got to look at it in another five or six years when it hits the sixteen, seventeen year old mark, yeah. and just read that every day. And then you've too. got to say what you're grateful for because. They'll put you through your paces oh, when it I'm, gets to that I'm, age group. I'm aware of that. I'm oh, aware of that too. I'm aware of that. So yeah, it's nice just as a parent, you're supposed to guide them and put them on the path you can't control and the outcome, how they turn out, or you just got to give them that good face. Absolutely, yeah. And I think if they've got that good inside them, they'll, they'll carry that on. They're just a little Absolutely. bit testing out the one. Oh, that's my experience at this moment in time. With <laughs> I, yeah, I've got that to come, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's, there's a couple of great points there. And I rack my brains. You know, when we go in working with schools, yep. we have different conversations, don't we? And, and we're trying to give back. What, so what always blows my mind is um, we're not taught about gratitude, the power of gratitude. No, we're just not no. taught about it. No. Um, why would you say that is gone, Joe? What, I see you nodding. What, why is that? What's behind that? Uh, I don't know why we're not taught it. I, don't, I just don't think that... I, I said, why should we be taught it at schools? We should be taught that at home, actually. That mm. should come. That should Maybe probably come from our parents yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, our family members. We should all be, be, be taught to be grateful. And I, I don't think that's the school's place, necessarily, to show children mm. how to be grateful, mm. do you? Well, this is, well, this, is the, this is the conversation, right? Because we've got to learn somewhere, haven't we, as mm. adults? Yeah. So... Was you talk about not every family is getting taught it at school? We're, we're losing different skills. We're getting distracted. So there is. I asked that that question specifically. Mm. Is I think schools can do. We learn about algebra, loads of, load, yeah. load, load of tasks that we but that aren't going to see us through. We've had this conversation multiple yep. times. So I just want to start calling it out because I, I think learning how to be grateful I and clean your mat, clear your mind should be on the curriculum. If, uh, yeah. If, uh, sorry, if I can just cut in that, I agree with Joe in that sense. It is. However, this. 
a lot of parents that probably wouldn't do that to kids. So if we um, everybody got taught at school like you do your maths and your English, then really the, the parents that don't, you're affecting the, the future um, generation, aren't I th- you? I, I agree, and I think there is. I, I think there is a a place for it in the school. I think even when you go and do the register in the morning. Mm-hmm. They could go around the class and ask, I w- even if we're grateful for one thing at that day. And I, I always remember going to an amateur boxing club, and not only did they teach people how to box, there was teaching them, teaching them how to be good people, yeah. shaking hands when they meet each other, yeah. um, giving them a hug after training and shaking their hands and just wishing them hello. And I think it doesn't just make good boxers, it makes good people. Yeah. And... That's just something I took away from standing and observation. I wasn't part of it. I was just there watching. Yeah. And I just took that. I thought, just making good people in the world. And I think schools do have a lot of influence. I know it's the parents' mm. responsibility, but I think schools have got a great option to make children grateful totally it's like sorry it's it's bullying there's loads of awareness about bullying there's loads of awareness about what's not right in schools you don't bully don't but there's not a big awareness on actually that's been the nice things it's all the reactive things isn't it i don't know i think i'm going to challenge that a little bit actually because you're making me think and i'm thinking back to when i went to school and i i went to catholic schools um and we had to go do morning prayer i'm not saying that's the right thing and whether Mm. I agree with that or not is a different place for me now but actually you were taught about gratitude and being thankful for the things that you had and a lot of the prayer was around that about thanking the Lord for whatever you know there's the Lord when you sit down and Mm. have a meal and all that kind of stuff and I'm being thankful for the food on the table and those kind of things now I know that I don't know about every school because I'm a little bit out of it now my sons are, are that bit older but certainly the school that my children went to at um, Bricknell was a lovely school that really thought about the individuals and it was about showing kindness to their fellow classmates. And there was a lot of that around. Mm-hmm. I think there are, there are schools that are reactive. I think there's yeah. bullying's a lot more out there nowadays yeah. than it ever was when I went to school. But I think the schools do a lot. I think we, we can't put it all on them. And the question I was raising was... Um, because interestingly, th- this is a stat that I'd picked up. Um, I, I might have mentioned this to you, you before, Joe. But Hull, for example, is one of the. It's got one of the lowest wear shipping. A lot of that is because of the fishing heritage and being mm-hmm. superstitious and things like that. And Tony Cotson was yeah. telling us about that, right? And it's just something I've just been been thinking of because at the minute in schools there is so many different religions and so many mm-hmm. different things. I was thinking, you know, like, and I'm sure they do. You know, they do have Blake comes back with different awards for all different things. But I'll just read a read an article, and it's more in bit to do with business. If I bring this back around where I was heading with this, is starting meetings with what's been your, your highlight of your week, and, and we've started yeah. doing this recently. What's your business best and your personal best, and linking back into the man club best two questions are two focused positive questions. So I was where I was leading with that is we see. Danger everywhere. So if you look at your books, you were talking yeah. about feel the fear and, and do it anywhere. Mm. We are wired by default to sniff out danger. That's mm. what we're wired. Mm. And and I believe I took from the feel the fear and do it anywhere is unwiring yourself for that fear. But we need to be consistent doing it. And part of something I've been reading a lot on recently is I'm very passionate about technology being used for a purpose. I we, we had this debate loads. And there's just a, there's a, a a book I've been reading about the impact of killing, like going in the mm. army and, and people yeah. killing, right? Um, and what effect that has on your life. And when you look at the stats from the number of people who would open a gun in the Second World War were to to 
people in Vietnam, it went from, I think it was like 10% to 20% of people mm. that had to force them to fire. Whereas in Vietnam, it was 90% of people would open the rifles. But it's about the impact that has on the veterans mm. and, and society and what impact that does, because obviously people are getting trained to be killed. But uh, a stat that was absolutely harrowing for me in it was... Everything we do, so if you look at marketing, right, marketing, we had this debate a, a while back, me and you, about um, McDonald's. What's the tagline for McDonald's? Can, can you think of it? I'm loving it. Because <laughs> right, right. yeah. I take right. my kids, yeah. <laughs> so you both knew that, didn't you? What's the name um, of a child's meal, the child meal? Chicken nuggets. And What's it? It's got a brand Happy there. meal. Oh, Happy, Happy meal. meal. Right, Happy yeah, meal, yeah, right? Yeah. So when we take that, and, and I'm sure McDonald's, you know, in moderation, it, 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 yeah, it, 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 it's a treat, it's right? a treat. But you can see just by that, the way that is phrased Absolutely. and that is coined at a very young age, our kids want Happy Meals and we've yeah. yeah, a bit yeah. slow, right? Because they want to be happy. So the way that um, we they get trained in the army is they get desensitised mm-hmm. to actually act. And I don't know if you know this, they used to practice on a shooting range, what was it called, a target? What was it called? With it, like a bullseye. I don't know if you noticed this, but when you look at, any, if you've seen any of the movies, they, they're actually silhouettes of people, aren't they? Do you know what that is? No. It's to desensitise that person so that when they're in the room, they've got yeah. a train and it's, and it's been studied through police officers, firefighters, yeah. everyone. They have to train to, to kill. Yeah, like, take that emotion out. Take that out. emotion out mm. of it. They've got to practice, practice. So, for example, you know, it's no different to um, how do we condition a, a dog? Behavioural therapy. Mm. How do we get conditioned? There's a fire alarm going off. What do we have to all do? It's conditioning. So when we're in that state of fear, we act what we've been conditioned to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you roll that forward, something that just blew my mind video games <laughs> yeah yeah violence within mm. all these video games mm. desensitizing our children and it's something i've been tracking a lot i don't let my kids on a lot of things i have it all tracked and monitored but when we start looking at these violent video games that they are playing mm. and we're wondering why we have actually got people not being kind to each other and bullying mm. um, and it's just something i just wanted to chuck that out there today yeah. in terms of what do people think on that because yeah. if you think of it as a lot more about psychology than i ever do behavioral conditioning right the power of that, what we, what can happen, if we've got our children and adults now as well, they're playing mm-hmm. these games. A lot of them are all around war, violence. Yeah, shooting. What killing. impact is that having on our, on ours? So, mm. and when we look at it, it's a pandemic. So, why I was challenging that notion about being grateful at school mm. is we've got to work a lot harder with our children than ever before because when they come home, how was the video games they're playing and how much violence are they, are they consuming, um, and they're becoming desensitized to the impact of that, and then. We had violent video games when I was young, but not as violent as they are now. Um, so what's everyone's thoughts on as I've just brought that up as a topic? I, gosh, that, that was massive. And I was really listening to every word that you said there. And I think that makes it really quite scary. And, you know, that we should... Again, I'm a little bit out the other side of this. My, my children are older. But I, if I was... I think parents really li- need to listen and look at the age things on videos i know mm, that yeah. lots of parents of their eight nine ten year olds play games that are for 15 and 18 yeah, year olds yeah. there's a reason that they've got those age marks on them and i think again it's for me it comes down to parental responsibility mm. but i think if parents even if if there's 20 people listening to this podcast exactly, that actually do yeah. something about it because i think you're absolutely right leon and, and that is a really scary thought isn't it that when you think about that conditioning that people go through mm-hmm. and actually we're putting our children through that same kind of conditioning desensitizing them to violence and things mm-hmm. that's really quite quite 
powerful and quite frightening. Yeah, and I agree, Jo, and it's and I go quite rightly with your challenge in that the school sector. I, I agree. There's some schools are better at it than others. So, to my to me in my mind, it would be very simple just to introduce a, a lesson in school. We have RE um, religious studies, and not everybody's religious. Yet no. every single pupil gets involved in that. So why not have a be grateful day where you all write on a post-it note that kids, younger kids, can draw a picture and they might be grateful for the dog that day. Do you know what I mean? But um, introduce that in schools and then us parents, your conscious effort. COVID, like I've said earlier, what with planting trees, working with a green task force, doing my own projects as life coaching, which is to help me and obviously others. It's We can get bogged down and sucked down into each day that we, it's easy just to say, oh, yep, go on your Xbox for an hour or do whatever. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Was, that's I'm not saying in any way, shape or form because that's modern life. So COVID just literally gave us that refresh button and there's a lot more parents making that change and spending yeah. time because it's nice to spend time with your kids. Yeah. No, I think you're 100%. And this is more in where I'm heading with this, uh, everyone, so you're on it with me, is I have I absolutely love technology and I have no problem mm. with these video games. I play some of these video games with, with my, my son. Obviously, all of them sensitized to it, but what it is... It was just that realisation for me, and the book's by a guy called um, Dave um, Grossman, it's called On Killing, The Psychological Cost of Learning to Kill in War and Society. But it's not so much just about what, what the scene is, the impact of these video games, if we are actually having these conversations with our children about the impact what that has, this is why we're getting violence going up, knife mm. crime, violent crimes, all the rest of it going up. And, it's and just how, many, how many will be having the conversations here? Because uh, uh, actually how many parents will go and sit? Uh, and I think probably it's more of a, a, I hope I'm not being sexist here, but it's more of a man thing, I think, to go on the games. I don't think it's a natural thing that I wouldn't pick yeah. one up and yeah. go well, on it. Well, so well, I wouldn't well, even it, know what he was playing. Well, it's, in, it's an interesting um, topic, that, but it's not... It, it, it's, it's not as it's, it's split now. It's more mm. split. It's more yeah, split. Yeah, yeah, because because people are getting bought up with them of entertainment, and they're, they are a, they're a social tool as well. If you think about it by design, when you see it being desensitized, it's like a team sport and mm. it's collaboration. So yes, you are killing somebody, but it's about capturing a flag. It's yeah. about doing this. So it's not as and I've played them myself. I don't know if you guys have ever played them. Yeah. I played, they are fun as a team sport mm. and the tactical, and they are fun. So it isn't about saying that they need to be banned. No, they, they, it's yeah. about awareness. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's about it's awareness. About awareness. Because yeah. there's, there's other sides of it where it actually can teach your children about history, a lot of these games, uh-huh. and there's not, you know, a lot of the history that the veterans yeah. have gone through. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. All I'm saying is we need to be aware. So we know from, from and, and I, I purposely chose this topic for, for today because I know the fantastic work you guys do with the PAC Foundation and why I went to have this debate was there's so much effort going into helping the on yeah. this because it has such a huge effect, the yeah, psychological. And it was just where, when I'd read it, I was like, hold on a minute though. What effect is, are these games having on our children right now when mm-hmm. we start mapping this to society? And then that's where it gets back onto, I love technology, it just needs to be used as a tool. So another debate for us to go on, um, I'm mm-hmm. sure we will, but I think we should hit Joe. Jo, Next one, next question. Yeah, okay. So do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? Yeah, and I think life's full of lessons, ups and downs. Some are good, some are bad. It's our journey, isn't it? What we sign up for. It's a case of when something bad happens, just do the best you can and not... I think when we make mistakes in life, and I've made loads, as you do, you've just got to learn from them. It's Whether something didn't work or something didn't work out, you think, what was my part in that? Everybody tends to play the blame game. Something, you, know, you lose your job or something doesn't work out or you have an argument with your partner for example you blame the other person so I've always learned to think right actually I was a part of that you know, how did it affect me how can I learn from that and maybe not do it again in the future or 
do it better and so I, and it's very varied it's not actually a, an actual answer but it's just learn from your mistakes and which I know is sounds really obvious but the amount of people that don't and then end up just repeating patterns making the same mistake reacting the same way it's stop and look at what you've done and why you reacted that way and don't beat yourself up about it we're humans and <laughs> um, we make mistakes that's what we're here to do but yeah, that would probably be my advice. I think that's really important, that reflection bit. And, and again, I don't think there's enough people that do that and about no, taking that right. responsibility for yourself and recognising the part that you played in something that perhaps didn't exactly. go right is really important. Even people that commit crimes and things, there's a reason. Everybody, There's a reason why everybody does something. So, right, why did I do that? Why, if you hurt somebody, why did... You've got to really look at yourself. And so, yeah, so probably refre- uh, reflection is probably a... My good answer. Learn important. Yeah. I remember when my son was younger, he he went through a, a bit of a time when he was playing ice hockey and was getting a little bit feisty. He was only like. 10, 10 and 11 and I remember his grandma died and that's the first time that he'd Aww. ever had um, experienced a death mm-hmm. and he was walking off the ice and there was another girl in front of him and um, she'd said something to him and he'd reacted and he'd pushed her and she was she was upset, she was quite tearful and um, the coaches had had a word with us and we'd sat down and that was the start of a journey really with Alex um, about really looking at kind of his behaviour and doing that to like a 10 or 11 year old is, mm-hmm. is quite tricky and getting it right but about what how did he feel when that happened and how did he feel afterwards mm-hmm. and what was his and looking for those kind of triggers yeah. to that behaviour and so we spent as well I spent quite a few weeks going through that process with him and actually it was a really good time although it was quite challenging and quite difficult for him and for me we got him out to the other side and we've never Mm. ever looked back and we've instilled in him that actually when he's on the ice if he's feeling that things are difficult or his things are unfair because that's what triggers him the most is unfairness he can't stand that being unfair so if a ref pulls him up and he feels it's unfair Mm, that would really trigger Alex and now it's or if the 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 opposition kind of god going at him actually just go out there and score some goals yeah. You don't have to react. No, it's about being accountable, yeah. isn't it, for yeah. behaviour? Yeah, I was going to say, just a, an idea that just popped into my head. I think, the, I think well, and this is back to the chimp paradox, what I love about the chimp paradox, for, for me, what you're talking about there, Joe, if, if I'm capturing it right, and also from what you've just said, said Gail, is we're not, we don't always recognise our emotions, no. right? And I think we're not taught about our emotions from our family, from school, or from wherever you want to put it. We, we're not really taught about um, our emotions. And, for me, the, the sort of chimp paradox was a real big thing. That I'm a Scorpio, very hot I did, and got so many things wrong. And what that book allowed me to do was understand that my when I'm feeling a certain way, mm. to start digging around why am I feeling that way? Because I, I shared something the other day, I, I have a, a saying, and I know this is very broad, and it, it's not always applicable, but I, I honestly believe that people don't have the power to upset you. And really, it's our interpretation. Now, I know some atrocious things happen and, and things outside of our control, but I'm being in general, in general yeah. situations, what I mean. And when you really look at that and you take that power away, it's our interpretation. And getting your head around that, it's, it's taking 40 now. That is that is the one for me. That like, No one has the power to upset me. It's my interpretation of them situations. So I think it... Like, like you're talking about with, with Alex, especially in sport, it's it's learning to channel that aggression into. He can't control his natural edges, but he can control his actions, and his actions will then actually 
make him feel better. So if he goes and scores that goal or if he does what he needs to do and focus on that, um, but that's the hardest thing, isn't it? And again, it's, it's about us being more emotionally intelligent. Yeah, see you nodding there, Paul. Especially in sport, we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been on the pitch where it's been, mm. it's got heated, shall we say, and it's just way to switch off mm. and leave it on the pitch, leave it in the ring. We've all been there. And I think going back to the chimp paradox, it's realising your own emotions and realising why you're getting hit up or feeling anxious like you do. I used to be really hot-headed when I was 1920s, um, but now I'm a pussycat because uh, <laughs> I realise when I'm getting into that kind of state, how to get out of it now mm. and sit on my hands instead of... Uh, <laughs> I, I still, especially doing emails, I sit on my hands for three days and then, <laughs> then I don't write it. Yeah, no, no, Great point. I'm going to be the next one. What is your favourite quote or saying? If you could share with everyone in the world, what is it? Actually, it was just kindness. Spread a little bit of kindness. But, uh, love is the... And that doesn't just mean romantically. It can be love of anything, work, job, which is the same thing. Kids, the love of... I love stationery. There you go. <laughs> but it's, it's the universal language that no matter to what religion, the ethnic, whatever background you're from. So I don't know, it sounds a little bit, I think, but one of my favourite quotes it is a kindness. A person isn't beautiful on the outside. It's what it's what's inside um, that counts. And that does actually transpire a lot. Looks fade. Obviously, what's inside doesn't. So Love that. Are you up so? <laughs> 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 no, but I think... No, but... Uh, let's call it out there, Paul. We, we mentioned that word love. Us blokes are not the greatest at that word, are we? No. Right. But the, when we really break that down, though, it, you know, the, the work we do with the man club, it's just love for another human being, That's sitting there and listening, yeah. right? Yeah. You can bring that back into so many different ways. But again, we're not really taught about it. And I, I've come to this realisation with, with Zoe, and I know she'll be listening to this as, she, as we're recording this, but <laughs> I always remember a famous she guy. Can said, yeah, she can edit it out. She can edit out. When you love something or someone, um, you love without logic. There's no mm. reason. Um yeah. And I'm like, right, okay, I get that now. Because if it was all the same, there'd be no growth. Unconditional, I think, as humans, we're trying to get to that point and it starts from within. You have to love yourself in order to then know what love is, to then portray that onto something else. So, yeah, I'm going to go with love's my favourite. And I'm going to call another one out. As much as I've, I've painted a bit of a dark picture, aren't I, with the old video games bit today, but I, I do believe the internet is responsible for loads of great stuff around that, making us more aware, more conscious. So technology's bad. It's just the way we use it is bad, I exactly. think. Exactly. It's like with your phones, Human. isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. need phones. There are, If you're in an emergency, phones are potentially life-saving to, to dial emergency services. But however, if you're on your phone 24-7, it's affecting your sleep. It's, you know, every time it pings, you can't put it down. So there again, that goes down to you. Accountability. Uh, accountability. Yeah. So you rightly are nothing in this world can technically affect you it's how you perceive that it's if you let it upset you if you let it make you mad it's if you you know let it you choose what you uh, and, control and actually the quote that you've got about love and kindness i think everybody should spread more love and kindness because mm. it, it's a great isn't it that we live in and there's loads of fantastic people out there mm. and if we all loved and be kind to each other, then it'd be a better place, wouldn't it? Absolutely. There's a song there, I think, isn't there? there is a, I'll probably there write is, it later. There is a song there. I'll probably there. write it later. <laughs> it's buzzing around in my head. There's no way I'm singing, so, but, yeah. Well, uh, I have been known to knock a tune out of Well, okay, that can be, be the, the next show. We can mute this mic, so don't worry. Don't worry. Go on, Paul, next one. Right then, Gail. In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life? Oh, I've answered that already. If I'll go down a different direction in terms for, for this question, but it's meditation has had the massive effect. It 
quiets your mind, it relaxes your body, it has health benefits. And, and I'm not just talking, we all have busy lives. I'm not talking, you take an hour out and you lie in your bed and put chanting on and go, um, it doesn't. Meditation can be any forms for whatever that is. I personally like a good bath at the end of the day with the bath salts and sit there and relax and candles. And so it doesn't have to be the, the whole kooky um, meditation side, the cliche side. So she's taking... 20 minutes to reset those buttons each day and it does um, relaxing your mind has massive health benefits i'm gonna obviously the tree planting which is what led me into this hard work but so therapeutic you, you're focused on that task so you're not thinking about what you've got to cook the kids uh, f- uh, cook for tea for the kids not cook the kids that's not what I mean <laughs> it's it's not oh I've got this bill to pay since I've got this meeting to get you you're out in nature so you're out in the elements and you know, it's very therapeutic you're creating life and I would probably say meditation is my biggest and it's taken me it's not something you can just go oh okay tomorrow I've listened to Gail on the podcast I'm going to go meditate it took me two years to practice the art of switching because of busy day life and I, I've imparted that on quite a lot of people <laughs> funnily enough my children and it is very busy modern day world so it's an art form and, and like everything you have to practice it people say oh I can't do it or oh, I've tried it it's I, I don't buy that I don't gonna, buy we, we, have a, we have a debate on this in a minute and uh, you don't get on you don't get in a car at 17 and you can automatically drive it you have to learn so why can't you learn you know meditation it's I, I'll challenge anybody that says they can't meditate uh, seriously where I lead with this is, is it's a great thing what Russell Brand did. I don't know if you've yes. seen it, about discipline. And I, I've been practising for, to meditate for, for years now, yeah. for years. And I call it practising because I have to practise because even if I only can clear my mind for a minute, mm. that's the result. But he, he talks about it around the, the way we look at our brain. Is If we didn't brush our teeth, what happened to our teeth, Paul? They'd fall out. And he said, he don't wanna, none of us want to get up and brush our teeth. We do it because we know that there's a consequence for not doing mm. it. And when you take that and just listen to what Gail's just said there as well, is, and it might be, you go walking, all of the things, right? But for me, what meditation's brought for me is being able to sit in a room just for 10 minutes and just stop my brain from thinking all these things that we're scared of and we're anxious about, what what happens for me is everything I'm scared about sort of just disappears. And at the other side of it, mm. I sort of feel like I've had my cup full back up so I can go run at that big thing again. And And the weird thing is, before meetings, before speak, all these different things I do, I might just nip to the toilet and just have just five minutes in the toilet just for it, just to calm myself down. So it's a tool or a skill mm. that you can bring anywhere into your life, would you say? Oh, absolutely. And do you know, this is going to sound like quite a strong statement, but it, it was imparted on me. I've watched hundreds of YouTube videos. I've watched Russell Brand's things as well. Some of them are kooky, some of them are fascinating, and it does fascinate me. And um, somebody, one of these gurus on uh, really direct, just turned around and said, there's nothing worse than death. And I thought, wow, that's a bit... I probably wouldn't have said that to my 11-year-old son, but it's one of those, if you take that mindset and think, well, actually, yeah, there is things that happen in the world and there's things that are awful at the time, facing homelessness and, and various things that, that can happen, but you're still alive. That that waking up, having that breath each day is probably the most important thing ever, isn't it? Because when you're dead, you, you're gone. I think it was one of the famous... Um Greeks, I think, or Seneca, or one of them, who said um, man's greatest infliction is, is the inability to sit alone with his own thoughts. Ah, I've um, read that. Some, I, I can't remember exactly which one it was. And I, and I, but I could see you nodding when, when Gail was saying that. Do you want, want to, what's your, where are you going with it? I've tried numerous occasions to meditate, 
And I think I do meditate, but I do it in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go out and I'll put... I'll listen to... I've got two motivational speeches on my phone at the minute where I'll go out and listen to them. One is Steve Jobs, which is yeah. about 13 minutes long. And I'll, I'll listen to them. I'll put some music on. I have struggled in the morning to do the proper meditation where I just sit and I've struggled doing that, but I can go out and te- put some music on and switch off from the world. Then that's absolutely fine, so, isn't so, it? So that's my way of meditating. But it's ironic because we was having a conversation before the podcast today. Yeah, me and Paul, and, and the, the interesting thing is because like Saturday, for example, this, this weekend, I decided that my phone's going away in a draw. Yeah. I'm off to the rugby and... We had a few beers down on the road, and I was present in all them circles. Yeah. And it just gave me that thinking again of one of my favourite things when I meditate is I have no devices. Mm. So or just going for a walk, just going for a walk without any... So it's just trying to get away from that. Always connected, isn't it? What are we doing to get into that sort of gear where we're, we're just focused on ourselves? Mm. Um, yeah. My advice, and yes, there'll be lots of people, and, and probably if I'm going to be stereotypical, it's probably more men that will say, oh, I can't meditate, I can't. It's, us women, we're quite sort of susceptible and we'll try things, and God, it's, it's, especially if you're a mum, it's heaven to just sit there for 20 minutes. But I think if I could give any advice, just go out for a walk. Go for a 10-minute walk on your own. Forest bathing. Yeah, just 10 We've minutes. We've done that, we? With no tech. Uh, well, even, say you live in a city, and you probably, if you don't have as much access, Park, yeah. just, yeah, there's parks everywhere. It's, um, the world's beautiful. Just to, just go anywhere. Even just walking up your main high street, just on your own. You'll see people, you'll see, and it, and that can be classed as meditating. It doesn't have to be the whole sit in a room. And to be fair, I'm blessed, really, because I live right on a park, oh, and I put perfect. my headphones on, and I'm on the parking two minutes yeah so i just put my headphones on take the dog for a walk and in that hour or so that i'm out there's no issues there's no problems no. or anything i've tried and tested this and i've been doing it for, for a, lo- a long time and this is why i set the youtube channel to pass that on and the amount of people i've influenced it's actually it's it's quite uh, rewarding but i on a sunday in my family environment there's no technology or a mill around uh, they're allowed to maybe watch films and it's allowed it sounds like i'm some hitler but it's literally you, you get up on a sunday we have music playing it's we have we do the whole gratitude thing we're, we're kind to one another so it might be one day the kids have been bickering all week but sunday's the day you have to be kind and we have sunday dinner we you know we and there's no phones and the difference in people's moods in, in my family environment at the end of the day to what you have during the week is massive and so it, it works and it does show and it doesn't have to be we're not sat there in a room with candles and it is literally it's that taking time out right, i'm going to go on to the next question now <laughs> so knowing what you know now and um, what advi- advice would you give uh, yourself at 18 and what should you have ignored okay so at 18 i would i'd still say look you've got to make mistakes you've got to go through and do and be who you are at that time because otherwise i wouldn't be the person i am today however i tell myself to be less chimp rather than I grew up in quite a volatile environment so I witnessed mental health I witnessed violence I witnessed quite a lot so I guess I would react that way because that's what I was taught so it would I would be a little bit more calmer I think and then advice to my older self probably be 
save more. <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm okay, sort of, but, but I probably have, I'm doing this with both my kids now. They've both opened bank accounts this, this summer. And it's for every bit of pocket money, you put half away and you can spend half. And Because nobody teaches you that in school. I'm sorry, I'm banging about schools here, but you don't get taught life lessons in school. So you leave and you're like, about maths, you know, about algebra, but you actually don't know how to pay bills. And which leads me on to the forces, guys. This is where they struggle as well in life skills. And it's so this consequence so yeah I would tell my younger self to have put more money away for savings I think that would probably be my advice it was quite interesting because um, Dr Andrew still mentioned that when he was on the show in terms of one of his favourite books was what's his name Rich Dad Poor Dad it, but yes. basically getting taught what the difference between a, an asset and a, an asset and a liability so I think yeah I, I, I get that one that makes perfect sense you want to add to that show? No, no, it's just, I think it's been a really interesting conversation today, especially the schools versus parents. And for me, it's like, how do we ensure that our parents are able to give our children mm-hmm. the life lessons? I know we're asking schools to do it, yeah. but mm-hmm. I feel quite strongly that it should come from parents as well, yeah, because we just keep, then it keeps in the family, doesn't it? Everybody can teach yeah. each other and they can we can all learn from each other. So it's like, where does that start? Does that start in schools? Is that a school's responsibility? Well, I think, I think, I think where, where I'd like to see it is, um, I'd like to see the curriculum more around what we need as a family, because the family unit's completely changed to what it used to be mm. 15, 20 years ago. The family, it's not, it's not traditional. For, so my, my daughter mentioned this to me the other day about um, how long me and, me and Zoe have been together. And married, and a lot of their friends have got, you know, yeah. second marriages, and that's one of the yeah. greatest things about the world now. We don't have to stay in relationships if we're not happy, and, mm-hmm. and the world has changed. It is more diversified, but when there's a lot of change in there, there still needs to be some consistent sort of life skills, making sure they're getting baked in there. I would think, and that's just one of my one of my theories in terms of we can do so much as uh, it's, it's. I think what's the word? Education has always been, you go to school and you get taught the curriculum, that, that set. Mm. And it was originally to get us out of fields to work in factories. That's my belief. Um, and that's where we had the... But now all of a sudden we're knowledge workers now. We're not as physical workers as we are. And I think the education system needs to really change and be and come back full circle. And we need to be involved as equal because at the end of the day, Joe, as I see it... Um, in my own family, the schools have more access to my children than I do. So that's why I've yeah. been a governor and I've tried to push. So I was a governor mm-hmm. for a school for many years and they're, and they're doing a great job. It's just more about, I'd like to see it more inclusive um, for parents. And I, I agree. Because, because the pace at what we're changing the world at, no matter how good the schools are and the teachers are, they just can't keep up. So it's not about the schools are doing a bad job. I just mm-hmm. think the education system is completely changed. I watch my kids do their, their homework using all the different gadgets they've got. And they're far smarter than what I was. So it's about, they just need to see more life skills. I've, I agree I've got with a plan. Oh, I've got okay. a plan. I agree okay. with you both. Definitely should start at home. Because, yeah, and you give them that grounding. And then added with the curriculum at school, then you've got a recipe for success, haven't you? If you look at how things have moved, you just said technology in the last 100 years, it's unreal. And nothing's changed in the school curriculum they're being taught the same things that I was a few years ago <laughs> that's all I'm going to say there so you're right nothing's changed and a totally different subject is the justice system hasn't been updated the Children's Act for example have, hasn't been updated for the past hundred years and yet modern day life and parenting and has changed dramatically yeah. so certain things need to become brought back into balance Sorry, Joe. No, I, I yeah. We can set this off air, aren't we? Uh, yeah, it's something that I'm quite passionate about. That yeah. we've had that conversation many a time, but I think I think the conversations are starting to form 
an idea in my head about something that we could possibly do. Good, good. Um, Looking forward to it. So I'll lead to this next one. So we all feel burnt out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed. Um, If helpful, what is it that you do? I I think you've you've answered this a lot, but let's go for it again. Yeah, just press that refresh button each day at the end of the day. Just It's a good wind-down routine, and I'm passionate about that. And good night's sleep, and then you're ready for the next day. Yeah, following on from whether it's meditation. Some people find um, meditative states with fitness. That's a good release for a lot of people. That's mine, yeah. Yeah, it makes you feel good, look good. So that has a good counter. At the end of the day, or start of the day, start your day with the gym, or at the end of the day, finish it. Yeah, that's... uh, Great question. Great Thank answer you. to the question. Go, Paul. Right, Gail. Who in the world would you like to interview, past, present, or why? Oh, God, there's loads of people. From whether it's spiritual gurus to I'm not overly religious, but I would love to sit Jesus down and go, <laughs> what was all that about? There's just so so many people that I would. I've, so I've really thought hard about this just to answer this question for today. And I've, I'd like to speak to Einstein because some of his theories and his whole, he was abs- it was labelled as obviously <laughs> delusional and absolute nut job. However, it was probably the smartest man that's ever lived. And what... If if he was here in this time right now, he probably wouldn't have been made to be so mental. So I'd like to have a conversation with him, though, that it probably would be very hard work <laughs> and he probably wouldn't uh, get me. But Princess Diana, um, I think she did a great job to spread the love. She was a kind, compassionate. If there was a Mother Day, Mother Day Teresa, she had good intentions. The love she had for her kids, obviously, they... So I'd like to find out, I suppose being nosy, not Scorpio nosy, we, um, and we're quite detectives at heart. It would be nice to find out what actually happened. It bugged me at the time and it didn't seem right. And it, like your son probably, Joe, I don't like unfairness and I, I felt that was quite unfair. So I'd have a good conversation with her. And Marilyn Monroe, she was very smart, really clever lady in what she did. And I think I feel a bit of an empathy with her with her work. That, that she does, did with the veteran. She was a massive motivator. I know she was obviously a sex symbol, and, but she's inspired me quite a lot, actually, in life in various... You know, she was quite a sexy, but lady. She really had it together. In, so. in a very unequal world back then as well. Absolutely. Yeah. She crazy what if, she did when you yeah, think logically. Exactly. Women were sort of be told to be seen and not heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. she was very smart. So there again, it would be curious to, to find out what happened and think how she thought, really. She, she fascinates me, so... <laughs> Three great ones. Great. So that's it. We've done an hour. We're on time as well. We've done it, Paul. We've done it. We've kept it on time as well. Um, oh, two females yeah, as no, well. Yeah, no, we've wow. done really well. Um, so over to you, Joe, jo, to finish, really. Okay, so is there... Um, oh, gosh. Is there anything that we should have asked but didn't? Wow. No, actually. No, there isn't. We, we covered quite covered past. a lot. Yeah, we did, yeah. actually. I, I think I it's can't. been a really quite a deep yeah. cast, yeah, yeah. And I guess the other one, which is, we always say is non-negotiable about doing the talk suicide training. Take that training. It's 20 absolutely. minutes, um, but it really could help to save a life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you would just put it out there to others as well, mm-hmm. um, especially amongst all the veterans, yeah, um, that would be really good. Yeah. Um, because the more people that do it, then our community is a little bit... Suicide surfer. Yeah, absolutely, Jane. Yeah, count me in. So brilliant. So that is um, Leon checking out. Paul checking out. That's bye from me, Gail. Joe checking out. Mm-hmm.
Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.